The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to a brand new episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, how goes it, sir? Well, I'm doing better than anybody who had Kyle Wright in their fantasy lineup tonight. And yes, by tonight, By tonight, I mean uh, Tuesday night, since, you know, this will drop on Wednesday but yeah, he got kind of roughed up. Six runs, second inning, pretty much takes you out of any chance of doing anything well tonight. I guess he was kind of due for some regression, but it doesn't make it any less disappointing. Yeah, it was coming, but it doesn't mean yeah. you ever want to choose it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. sitting at the blackjack table. Like You're not going away until like you get it going for a second, and then all of a sudden, what am I going to walk off on the horse? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep it going here. So I understand it's that co- wholeheartedly. Look, you run it until eventually you go pull yeah. it. That's how this works. And you should still believe in Kyle Wright. And by the way, it was just kind of the perfect Red Sox offense down here, Kyle Wright up here, and then all of a sudden, exactly. Hello, <laughs> the regression. Yeah. Me, well, regression. Hey, I I tell everyone who I I laugh at, you know, Twitter people. I've already buried the Boston Red Sox this year. How many people <laughs> out there are doing that? I'm like, look. You tried to bury them at the start of last year and they made the playoffs and right. they almost made the world series last year off of that. And that was without Chris sale for the vast majority and the same, a very similar pitching staff, but that offense hummed last year and yep. it just hasn't gotten going yet, but it will. So help yes. me God. It will. Yeah. I know the Red Sox well enough to know that it's coming soon enough. Yeah. Coming up on the show today. Uh, Chris and I are going to discuss some of the more disappointing players so far this year. And we'll try and help you answer the age old question to drop or not to drop cutting players, especially those you drafted is never easy, but hopefully Chris and I can help make that decision, whether to, whether to stay the course or to jump ship. We're going to cover a bunch of players today that we've decided. I was just on a Q and a, a couple hours ago on YouTube as well. And tons of people asking this exact question. I have three. I need, I can only keep two. Who am I dropping? Everyone is having to deal with that right now in your fantasy lineups. If you want us to discuss a particular player, please write in. We would love to uh, cover the player and help you out individually. But we've got a pretty good list here that we're going to try and run through as many as we can in the next 45. So uh, help us help you, as they say. But otherwise, uh, we will take you on a pretty fun journey here with this. Uh, There will be some cuts. But before we get to some tough drop questions and, and answers and decisions, guys, MLB is back on NBC. 
It is. That's right. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Padres facing off against the Braves in Atlanta on Sunday, May 15th at 1130 a.m. Eastern live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, and really, who wouldn't want that? Be sure to download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em contest. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. How fun was it to see NBC baseball again on Sunday. It was great. Loved it. it, was, Watch, it was I was so there. At, I was there at eleven twenty nine on the dot, <laughs> ready to go. I was. I was pumped for it. It was such uh, a good broadcast. As such good broadcasters too. Like Kevin Euclid yes. was so I, I loved impressive. It. I, I thought it was great. I think the the insight that he was able to give, especially like on the wind that was going on in that game, was yeah. super insightful. Um, you did the right time to actually talk to a player during the games. It's not when the postseason games, it's in the third inning of a regular season baseball at eight 45 in the morning or whatever time it was my time. Um, well, I was I wondering was- about that today. I mean, I, as I'm, as I'm realizing it's Braves versus Padres and I'm yeah. like, boy, welcome. Wake up, San Diego. Like, hey, yeah. ready for it, man. It's yeah. going to be 8 oh. in the morning. You are going to wake up, scratch your eyeballs, and all of a sudden it's going to be the second inning. On it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it like it's going to be rough, but it's, it's also going like, to be fun. I love waking up to sports. It practices for the West Coast people having to wake up that early for football, is what it is. It's a nice little, uh, a nice little jaunt into uh, having to wake up at 8 30 to set your fantasy lineup. But yeah, I thought it was. Terrific. And by the way, on Thursday, uh, live at 830 Eastern, me and DJ Short will have Ahmed yes. Farid on the podcast. So that will be a lot of fun. Yes, it will. And he did it. Uh, he did a great job on some of the pregame and postgame. We're going to get a whole lot more of him this year. He does an excellent job as well. Yes, sir. Um, let's hop over then. Oh, by the way, I had to think, how bad is it? I just really popped into my mind. How bad is it trying to set a fantasy football lineup now that we've got a couple, we got a Germany game coming oh. up? year like are you ready for that are you ready to wake up at 4 30 in the morning to see if 
to see if Godwin is like questionable, he's going to be questionable by when you go to sleep at night and you're going to have to wake up at like 4 a.m. West Coast time so I can make sure he's in that game. So the Seahawks play in that game. So yes, I know. I'm going to do my best to get NBC to uh, help the time schedule with me. You know, I, I, why not have a fantasy baseball? Why not have a fantasy baseball and college football writer go cover one of the biggest games of the year? Even though I don't think the game is on NBC, and I, I don't, don't think believe. it is. So, I'm pretty sure that's but, Fox or CBS. But, so yeah, you, you might know, have to. Uh, you might have you to know jump what? ship. Comcast, NBC. I am willing to go to Germany and cover that game for you. I, I am that much of a team player. That is the kind of selfless, selfless behavior that we appreciate here on the show. You're very All right, welcome. so let's hop to the drop or not segment. Like I said, everyone out there is dealing with drop or not conversations. I've looked at a bunch of my rosters in the past week going through mm-hmm. like, all right, who is on that chopping block? And, you know, you get like one more week to prove it to me before – we're getting to that point. Some of them we're already passed with. Let's start with a couple of them. Um, if you have any, like I said, if you have any people that you're particularly interested in, please write it into the comments via Twitch or YouTube. We'd love to hit those up. So let's start off with one. Let's start off with Joey Gallo here. 55% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, he is obviously by anybody who has watched baseball has struggled. Any Gallo managers out there, they don't need to tell you that. 183, 284, three. 24 is his slash line, three home runs, four RBIs. So a a whopping one RBI that did not involve him driving in himself. Six runs scored 10 walks and 31 strikeouts. Honestly, that was the more surprising part to me was only 10 walks that just for a guy who is the true three outcome kind of guy, 10 walks and 30, 10 walks at this point in the year, I kind of expect a little bit more. That's very mid range in terms of, uh, overall number of walks. That being said, his stat cast still the 78th percentile in walk rate um, and all the rest. So still very much that type of player. Um, I find him to be incredibly frustrating, incredibly tough to, to decide whether or not, all right, what is like, can I drop him here? Look at the end of the year, Joey Gallo has 30 plus home runs and usually 75 plus to 80 plus RBIs pretty much every single year of his career. The batting average is garbage. We all know that. Right. But you know what, if you drafted Joey Gallo, you drafted home runs and you drafted RBIs and hopefully a pretty decent amount of runs scored on top of that, especially in the Yankees lineup that you were hoping. Right. Obviously that is not happening so far, but the StatCast metrics are pretty good on him. Uh, Hard hit percentage, 92nd percentile. Barrel percentage, 99th percentile. Expected slugging, 89th percentile. Look, those are numbers that are elite numbers. Everything else, though, has been real bad with it. So, Chris, I mean, if you are rostering, I don't know if you have Gallo in any of your leagues. If you're rostering Gallo, what are you doing with him right now? Are you dropping him or are you holding tight? So I'll be just completely honest with you here. I tend to side with patience in these type of things. So if Maybe I did – For the most part, you, yes. When I, If I did draft Joey Gallo, I wouldn't be drafting, dropping him yet. I do think it's justifiable. Um, because mm-hmm. he is going to kill you in that average category, no matter what. Like asking for more than a 220 average from Joey Gallo, I think yeah. is asking a lot when you strike out as yeah. often as he is. However, I don't know if there's any player in baseball that's been more hurt by what's going on with the baseball right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's barreling the baseball so much. There's nothing he can do about the fact that he is just seeing so many 
balls just kind of end at the warning track here. We call yeah. it in Seattle the Justin Smoke. And it is just a case where Justin Smoke seemed to fly out into the warning track an awful lot. And Joey Gallo is hitting the baseball hard. He's just not getting any results from it. So I expect Joey Gallo is too good, and baseball has too much of a problem right now with what's going on. You're going to see changes to the baseball. You are just absolutely going to see it. It stinks that for the second straight year, we're going to see a different baseball basically introduced in the middle of the summer. But he's going to get you those 35 to 40 home runs by the end of the year. I'm still counting on that, or at least the rate of the 35 to 40 home runs. It's just the fact that you're not going to get batting average from him. You're not going to get stolen bases from him. So, yeah, if you're one of those people who is just like really getting crushed in the average category, you can drop Joey Gallo. But if you're counting on him to help you in the homer category or if you're counting on some more run production, I think Joey Gallo is going to be just fine in those categories at the end of the day. But it really just depends on whether or not you can take the hit in the average. No pun intended for once in my life. (laughs) For once. (laughs) Yeah. in, in points leagues, Joey Gallo is also particularly frustrating just because of the number of strikeouts that come with him. His K Absolutely. rate right now, 38.3, you know, bottom, what, bottom 3% of the league. Like those strikeouts, that's negative one every single time. And he's had quite a few um, three strikeout, two strikeout, like negate the the good that he did that day with strikeouts. So in a points league, it's becoming a little bit harder. I'd hold on to him maybe a little bit more in a roto, but either way, I'm holding on to him still. He's yeah. barreling the ball. If you are asking me what Joey Gallo needs to do is that is when he does swing and when he does make contact, it's hard and it's on the barrel. And he's doing both of those things at this moment. So I have to assume that's going to get better as we yeah. get farther into the season. And again, he's still on a Yankee team with plenty of options around him. He still has the short right field porch in Yankee stadium that right. we're still waiting for him to feast upon ever right. since he came over at the trade deadline last year. Sure. So I'm still holding tight. But talk to me in like a week or two, and it's going to get, especially if you know you're, you know, if you're in a weekly league and you're 100%. one in three right now or something yeah. like that, and you're you're yeah. feeling a little bit more of the heat on the back of your neck. Yeah, I right. I understand that. You get like one more week from me before we start revisiting that conversation. His expected slugging percentage right now is five sixty three. That's the highest of his career outside of the 604 that he put up in 2019. Yeah. 563, and he is slugging 324. The difference in that is really palpable. I really honestly, think so. I it's rare to see. I, I, I have not seen it, took it kind of blew me by surprise a little bit. I was so shocked to see a two point difference in, yeah. in expected and actual. That was kind yeah. of nuts. Nutty. All right. Let's talk about, let's go Joey to Joey here. Let's talk about Joey Votto. rostered in Yahoo leagues. I mean, 38 years old, coming off that unbelievable season last year, 36 home runs and 99 RBIs, but uh, he has not carried that to this year. A 122 average to date right now with zero long balls, three RBIs, four runs, 28 strikeouts, and 12 walks. Um, His walk percentage still in the 86th percentile, a very good walk percentage, but everything else, no, so much. Uh, hard hit percentage in the seventh percent. Expected batting average in the seventh. Expected slugging in the ninth. K per K percentage in the tenth percentile. Like it's bad across the board. Chris, are you holding tight, looking at twenty twenty one get uh, Vado, or you you waving goodbye? 
I got to wave goodbye and I hate it. I, by the way, Joey Votto, Instagram and TikTok's biggest star already. Maybe the best thing. I, 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 I want him to continue playing, but yeah. I also cannot wait for him to not be playing and that yeah. being his focus. But that's yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> a, a guy who I think is an easy Hall of Famer. I'm dropping him for guys like Wilmer Flores. I'm dropping him for guys like Owen Miller, Josh mm-hmm. Naylor, who have first base eligibility, Sheldon Noisy. These are guys I'm counting on more to produce than uh, Joey Votto at this point. It's just, it's clear, like watching me. And I hope this becomes the freezingest of freezing cold takes so cold that it just can never be warmed up, but he just doesn't look like the same player right now. And it is worth pointing out that he's gotten off to slow starts before, Mm -hmm. but slow starts. We're talking about like 760 OPS. Joey Votto's numbers are like, can we put a designated hitter for this dude right now? He's slugging <laughs> 135. And it's not like, you know, that uh, it's it's not the bad luck that Joey Gallo's having with barrels right, right now. I mean, the barreling point. the ball 40 uh, in the 39th percentile, you know, isn't like abhorrent, but it's not like, oh my gosh, what poor luck Joey Votto has. Right. If you're in an on base percentage league, I think you can maybe hold on a little bit because. It is impossible for a regular to hit 122. And so that on-base percentage is going to continue to rise. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was in that 340 to 350 range, which is more than serviceable. I mean, that's an above average on-base percentage rate. But he's not going to help you anywhere else. The Reds are the one of the worst baseball teams that I've ever seen right now. I mean, that is not hyperbole. You look at their win-loss record and their run differential, they are Wow, bad. Like challenging that Detroit 2003 Tiger team, I think, for um, record, even playing in that god awful NL Central. But yeah, at this point, I think Joey Votto, if you haven't cut him yet, it's perfectly fine to do so now. Yeah, I'm happy to wave. This is a name, not a player right now. Unfortunately, yeah. as as much as it kills me to say it, Joey Votto has name recognition. You know what? If someone in your league wants to take him for one cent on the dollar you can have him but otherwise he's hitting the waivers for me there just isn't enough there that makes me believe that there's a there's something coming around the corner um he looks like you said he looks different from last year and this is a guy who i mean last year was an aberration in comparison to the three years prior i mean the three years prior were also down years by his standards as well i think we're gonna have to enjoy what we got in 2021 but I yeah. think we're 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 looking at the end of Joey Votto as a fantasy uh, component here, especially at a first base position that has that has players. It's deep enough that you can go and grab something else. Hope we're wrong. Oh, I could not agree more. The hopes are wrong. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Matt Chapman here. Eighty-seven percent rostered still in Yahoo leagues, but he has not gotten off to a strong start. Not including Tuesday night's game, which is happening right now. He is slashing 200, 276, 390, five home runs, which you really like, and 14 RBIs, which isn't too bad. 33 strikeouts, only 11 walks, though, a 666 OPS. So just a lot. There's not a whole lot of great showing there. And again, he's not an average guy. He's not hit above 250 since 2018. And really, outside of his 2019, 2018 and 2019 season, that 2019 season where he hit 36 home runs and 91 RBIs and scored 102 runs, that just feels farther and farther away every single year. And we kind of hand-waved a little bit of last year because he was coming off of an injury the year prior, and we said, okay, maybe he just wasn't fully ready 
there's no excuse now this year in terms of him going to Toronto. He is healthy as far as we can tell entering the year. It has The bat has not quite caught up yet, though. So, Chris, are you holding on to Matt Chapman or are you potentially looking elsewhere? I think I'm holding on to Matt Chapman, and the main reason for it is just because the position is just not very good right now. If yeah. there's like – if somehow, some way, there's somebody like – you know, if you're one of the leagues that – so everybody's slow to like a tie France or something like that. Or Boy, that's uh, real slow. Yeah. if patient, <laughs> if somebody ran out of patience with like a, um, you know, Bobby Wood Jr. Or Ryan McMahon or someone like that, mm-hmm. maybe. But if not, I think you got to stick with Chapman and hope that this gets better. And there's enough here in the metrics to suggest that it will. First of all, he's so good defensively that he he could be hitting negative 200 and he'd still be in the lineup because he's just that good of a defensive player. So you're still going to get the opportunity. You're in no risk of him getting benched for anybody. Hard hit percentage is in the 92nd percentile. He's well above average in expected slugging. He's well above average in barrel percentage. He's actually running pretty fast, but the Blue Jays just mm-hmm. aren't going to have Matt Chapman run, so it doesn't really matter. You know, those numbers are good, but they're not, you know, his expected batting average is justifiably in the 34th percentile because he strikes out so much. I mean, he, yeah. he swings and miss with the uh, what, with with the best of them. But yeah. I do think you're going to start to see the homers start to drop. I still love his position in that lineup that he's going to get a chance to drive in a ton of guys. I imagine that will, you know, 14 RBIs right now is not what you signed up for, but I imagine that number is going to keep going up. But just because of the fact that the third base position is just full of mediocre other than the elite, elite guys. Yeah. I think you have to stick with Matt Chapman. I agree with you there. His bat bib is 239 right now, which is by really far low. his career low. And yeah. again, you say 93rd percentile on average exit velocity, 97, 92nd percentile on hard hit percentage. Like that means he's putting bat on ball pretty well. It's just isn't yeah. going the right direction. And again, that right. bat bib of 239 makes me think that some good luck is around the corner here because that's again drastically the worst of his uh the lowest bat bib of his career. So right. I'm with you on this. I'm holding on to Matt Chapman. He is locked in locked in every day to an elite lineup that he should be able to do a lot of things. I'm still holding on to him for now. Look, I know that the last two years we're really looking back to like 2018 and 2019 to have to go back to like elite offensive years. But if there ever was a time for him to bring it back, he's in the right position to do so. So I, I'm, I'm good holding on to Matt Chapman for a little longer. And like you said, just a thin position right now. I don't know where you're going to go elsewhere with it. Right. Chris, let's, let's do a little trifecta here. Cause we're going to talk three Mariners on you. Mitch okay. Hanniger, Jared Kelnick and Jesse Winker. Hanniger, 88% rostered, Kelnick, 50%, and Winker, 77%. Hanniger, obviously, uh, currently on the IL with a grade two high ankle sprain. He could be out for months, if not weeks, so this conversation might be taken off the board completely, uh, unless you have IL spots that you feel comfortable and have the ability to leave him on. Um, But Kelnick, obviously, we know what he is. We've been talking about him for the last two years, and he has not quite lived up to the hype that we've hoped. And Winker, obviously, the new the new uh, addition to the Mariners outfield, has struggled with a 200 average, only one home run so far, nine RBIs, 10 runs scored, and a 591 OPS. So, Chris, Winker, Hanniger, Kelnick, are you keeping, dropping? Tell me your things. I'm still hanging on to Mitch Hanniger for sure, even though I do think the, the injury is concerning, I think. 
his power has just been too good. He was off to a very nice power start before the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Winker has been one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball, and I've no. watched it an awful lot. He is hitting line drives right at people, and he is also getting warning tracked. Um, should have about three or four home runs more than he has right now. Jared Kelmick, unfortunately, I believe in him super long term, but he's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. He is going to continue to have – ups and downs. And because of that, I think you have to drop him as much as I love Jared Kelnick. I think you can justify keeping him on your bench, you know, to see if that hot streak comes, you know, because if you drop him, there's a very good chance that somebody else is going to say, well, I'll take the chance here. Obviously in dynasty leagues and stuff like that, it's a no doubt. Like there's, there's a ton of long-term value in this type of guy. I mean, you know, the problem here is, is that he's just if he's not swinging and missing, he's just popping the ball up, and you can't afford that in a fantasy lineup right now. This is not a case of bad luck right now with him. I like the fact that he's barreling the baseball at a pretty good rate, but this isn't the same player that I saw that had like a 60 to 70 grade hit tool mm-hmm. on the 2080 scouting scale. He's just trying to drive everything, and that's, I think, partially because of what the Mariners are trying to do with him. They want him to be that right. 30 to 35 homer guy, and he has the power to do so. But a young player going through that who is going to pop the ball up so much that you can't get a good BABIP. And, you know, I like the fact that he's also stolen four bases. Yeah. But there's just too much risk here. But it's an easy hold for me on Winker and Hanniger. But unfortunately, Jerry Kelnick, if you are considering dropping him, you need to do it. Yeah. Uh, Kelnick, it, I'm trying to think of a league where I'm still holding on to Kelnick. And I mean, it has to be 14 teams or more and a yeah. five outfielder league for me to still be holding on to him right now. Well, you could only eat up potential for so long. Eventually it's got to be realized if it's going to, if you're going to be living in my fantasy lineup. And unfortunately right. he has not yet lived up to that. I I'm completely with you. I believe long-term in him. I believe that he's going to be just fine, but right now they're just, if, if you're not in a 14 plus team AL only five outfielder, like there just isn't really a route for him there. Um, Hanniger is a little bit more interesting. Obviously we're going to have to find out exactly how bad this injury is and how theoretically long he might be on the shelf. And because of the injuries that have already popped up so far this year, and that will continue to those IL spots, depending if your league has one, two or three, might be very hard to hold on to Hanniger for two, three months on your IL spot. So we'll we'll take that by, you know, maybe a little incomplete on that one. I want to see exactly how bad that injury, um, at least their prognosis is for that. Sure. But he had 39 home runs and 98 RBIs last year. So yeah. be very careful before you start dropping him unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. But like you I- said with Winker, a 200 batting average right now, his expected batting average is – 314. Yeah. Like it is, he's in the 92nd percentile of expected batting average, and his current batting average is 200. He yeah. is barely over the Mendoza line, and he is yeah. expected to be an, an elite batting average player right now. Still 91st percentile in K percentage, 90th percentile in walk percentage. Like these is this is everything that you want from a player. He's just not getting the actuals. He's just not getting the ball to hit the ground or to hit the seats. So I am holding here. Honestly, Jesse Winker is a guy I am actively targeting. If I, if I have the ability, I think, I think the corner is about to come with Jesse Winker and the buy low opportunity is right now. Uh, You hold on for another week or two. He gets on a hot streak. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, One thing I want to caution everybody real quick though, with expected batting average right now, Expected batting average is basically 
broken right now. Right. Now, it, it has to do with all of the baseball. It also has to do with the small sample size and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I was going on. And then yeah. the other thing I'll caution here too with these, these savant stats is they are not predictive. They are just based mm-hmm. on the results Correct. that they've had. But I think that's important right now because we are talking about such a small sample size for these guys that bad luck is a real, real thing for all of these guys. Like mm-hmm. anybody who has like an expected batting average like Jesse Winker is – even though it is broken because they are literally throwing the the cannonballs that Wiley Coyote would drop on the Roadrunner right now. That's what the baseball, I think, is made of right now. It, even with that, it's, it's, it, it's really bad. They're going to need to get the racquetballs in here real quick. <laughs> but it's just it's just something to keep in mind with expected batting average a little bit is that, yeah, it's it's a nice statistic to look at, but it can be a little misleading mm-hmm. because the data is just so broken right now. Yep. No, wholeheartedly. And then really, when I look at expected batting average, I'm looking at it more in the sense of, and this is how I think everyone should kind of look at Savant, especially with the expected is if there's a drastic difference between the actual and expected, that yeah. means we're get that means we're going to get somewhere in the middle here. I don't, sure. I don't expect Jesse Wenker to be in the 92nd percentile in batting average at the end of the year in actual, right. but if it's a full point difference plus that yeah. means there's something in between, he's going to get back there in a pretty good way. Good call. Uh, let's talk about Trevor Rogers. Uh, he is 86% rostered, a finalist for NL Rookie of the Year last year. Uh, he has not carried it over to this year. A one in four record with a even five ERA, a 1.48 WHIP, and a 20 to 13 K walk ratio. Uh, 20 strikeouts to 13 walks is alarming for a guy who was showing some elite strikeout numbers last year. Um, he had a 2.64 ERA with 157 strikeouts across 133 innings pitched. That's the kind of strikeout ratios we're looking for, not 20 in 21 innings. Right. Um, hitters are hitting 327 against Rogers fastball this season. Hit that expected batting average, by the way, 344. Um, and it's not getting swinging misses on his off-speed pitches. Last year, batters hit 222 against that same fastball. So uh, Trevor Rogers, tons of potential, super young, not starting off the season right. Chris, you holding tight or you drop him? I am not dropping him, but I'm not having him in my lineup right now. He's okay. got to be one of your guys who's on your bench right now. The big thing right now with Trevor Rogers is it is so important with his delivery and his stuff to get hitters to swing at pitches outside of the strike zone. And he was very good at that last year. I believe he was around the 70th percentile. It's in the bottom 18th percentile of it right now. And his command is not good enough for him to get away with having hitters not swing at pitches outside of the strike zone. And he's avoiding hard contact at a nice rate. He's not really giving up a ton of homers. Nobody's giving up a ton of homers. Nobody's hitting homers right now. Not throwing enough strikes right now. And I think that's a concerning thing. It, it would not shock me if we did this exercise in a month. But I'm saying, yes, you do have to drop Trevor Rogers. But there's just enough upside here, and it also has to do with the fact that I just can't imagine that there is some starting pitcher out there that is guaranteed to be better than Trevor Rogers right now. I mean, if there is, then this is a silly question. You probably already did it. But if you're, if you're one of those people who is just kind of shaking his head both ways whether or not to drop Trevor Rogers, I'd probably hold, but I might have him out of my lineup for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think the way I'd view Trevor Rogers is okay. So if I drafted nine starting pitchers and Trevor Rogers was drafted to be my SP three, I'm now valuing him somewhere in the bottom third of that 
of sure. that, you know, kind of nine pitchers. And that's 100%. the way I think we need to look at it because I think oftentimes we draft and then we say like, but I drafted him to be my third starting pitcher, but he's not giving you third starting pitching stuff. He's giving you like your seventh one. So, you know, yes. at a certain point you might have to cut, but right now I still think there's enough value here. Again, we saw how good he was last year. Um, that's not that far removed. He is a young kid. Again, ideally, if he can just get people, you know, get that off-speed stuff near the zone a little bit more, up that chase rate a little yeah. bit more, everything should hopefully kind of slot back in. Uh, he's still throwing the ball extremely fast. Uh, a lot of the ratios still look very good. It's just that part isn't. So yeah, um, I'm still holding on to him. But like you said, uh, just I, I think you just need to reevaluate what you're viewing from him moving forward. If you yeah. drafted him as you're like one of your top four starting pitchers, you just can't rely on that right now. No, and I think it's also worth pointing out, though, that Trevor Rogers started last year super hot, and then you know there was some stuff that we still don't really know about that caused him sure. to lead the way from the team and then um, wasn't great coming back. So there is a smaller history of him being a guy that you can rely on as a top three starter than others. But again, it's just about the fact that I can't imagine that there is some mid-rotation starter that is going to give you the same kind of upside, so you might as well hold. Trevor Rogers or Urquidy rest of the season? Trevor Rogers, I think. Oh boy, that's close. I started to okay, say I, I, I'm he's, like he's at 51%. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted that's how I was going to do it. Urquidy hasn't really been great. I, I trust Urquidy's track record a little bit more, but if you're, it, it would probably depend on how my roster construction is. If I need upside, I'd go with Rogers. If I need floor, I'd go with Urquidy. Okay, there you go. Evaluate away right <laughs> yeah. there, people. All right, let's talk about speaking of rookie of the years. Let's talk about Randy or Rosarania. He is still rostered in 95% of leagues, um, but this season has not gone very well for him. 226, 264, 357 with just one home run, nine RBIs, 14 runs scored, and a 621 OPS. Um, obviously, two years ago, he busted onto the scene and took over the postseason. Last year, he did a Great job and ran away with rookie of the year honors this year. Not off to a great start, Chris. You you holding tight or are you dropping? Yeah. I'm holding tight. It, Randy Rosarina, I think, is going to be fine. The the metrics are pretty ugly here. Expected weight on base average is in the bottom seventh percentile. He's not driving the baseball at all. I have seen just enough flashes from Randy Rosarina though to think that he's going to be fine. It's if you're dropping him, you must be playing in a real small shallow league, league yeah. because and there's just too much upside. And we have seen what radio Rosarina, Randy Rosarina, when he's at his hottest is among the best players in baseball. There is a not small sample of that now because, you know, he's been a rookie 17 times. We know that when Randy Rosarina <laughs> is at he's his still best, a rookie. He is honestly. If he wins Rookie of the Year this year again, I wouldn't be surprised. I've got some I, I, money on him. Man. I yeah, got some money on him. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got Stockholm syndrome with Randy Rosarina <laughs> being a rookie for the rest of his career. But yeah, I think he's going to be just fine. There's just too too much upside for me to be dropping a player like this. Now, would I consider trading him? Sure. If somebody wants to mm -hmm. offer you, it's interesting. On my Sunday show, I got a really interesting trade. Uh, discussion it was and we talked about two of these players it was a guy who is competing was offered jared kelnick and radio rosarina in a dynasty league for cody bellinger and i said yes take that trade and the reason i said I take that, that trade true. even as a competitor uh, you're competing is it creates more options it gives you the chance 
at, you know, because if you if if both of those guys continue to struggle, both those guys are still going to have a ton of value in a dynasty league. You know what I mean? Like somebody yeah. is going to be interested in trading for those guys if you need to get that help and outfielder. But anyway, back to for a redraft thing. It, oh, but it kind of adds to my point. If somebody is super high on Randy or Rose Arena. Yeah, go get a more stable outfielder, but I'm certainly yeah, I'm not just that. putting him on the waiver wire. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Look, I'm happy to, if you're over a Rosarania and you're contemplating that drop button, look for 60 cents on the dollar to move. Like, yeah. there's, don't waste that 60 cents if you can help it. Chris, let me, let's put it to you this way. You, would you rather have a Rosarina or Winker for the rest of the season? A Rosarina just because he's going to steal bases. And okay. it's, I, I like, I again, I like Jesse Winker an awful lot, but I do think the fact that he's such a patient hitter, it's going to lead to some batting average issues. Obviously, he deserves a better at batting average than he has right now. But I just think that a Rosarina is a more complete fantasy baseball player than Jesse Winker right now. Points leagues, I think I'm going Winker, but I'm with you in a Roto. I'm probably yep. going to Rosarina because of that speed. But yep. boy, a Rosarina is metrics are bad and yeah. that's really going to need to change soon I, you know if you're contemplating looking for the 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 exit door wait yeah. for him to have like a, a good series like yeah. get, like get a good three game series use that as the as the jumping board off to something else fair uh let's talk uh let's talk charlie morton here 89th percent rostered um However, he is two and three with a 5.65 ERA, a 1.6 whip. That's a career high and a 23 to 17 K walk ratio. Boy, that's a lot of walks. How many walks you ask? His walk rate right now is 12.7. That is drastically his career high. Um, He had his best start of the season on Sunday. So those numbers were including the best start of the season that just happened on Sunday when he tossed five shutout innings against the Brewers. However, he still walked three batters while striking out five. That was the first game that he's pitched so far this season without giving up a run. So, Chris, I mean, Charlie Morton, 38 years old, but has been unbelievably steadfast over the last five or six when everyone has been rushing to put the last nail in his coffin. But, like I said, this is we're starting to get to the questions where we need to start questioning it. Are yeah. you holding tight or are you, are you cutting loose? I'm holding tight, but I'm keeping an eye on things because I'm, I don't mean to be an ageist. He's 38 years old, and this is right around the time a lot of players, things start falling apart a little bit. Yeah. Now, it's worth pointing out, his fastball is as good as it's been. 95 mm-hmm. miles per hour is what he's averaging with it. He just doesn't have near the Charlie Morton command that we've seen. Like, And yeah. he is not getting hitters – this chase rate's in the bottom five percentile. I think Charlie Morton at the end of the day will be fine, but it would not shock me at all if he ended up becoming a streamer, which is extremely disappointed because you probably didn't draft Charlie Morton in streaming range. But I do think he's someone that you have to keep a close eye on. At the end of the day, though, it's similar to what we were just talking about. I just can't imagine that there are elite options better than Charlie Morton on the waiver wire right now. I gotta say, I'm not sure there needs to be an elite option yeah, out there. Like, would you take Charlie? Would, would you take option, Charlie? Right? Would you take Charlie Morton or or Blackburn, who's had a phenomenal start to the season? Oh, for still, Oakland? still Charlie Morton. Part of okay, that. I just, just want to get it. Yeah, no, that's a great. Some... That's a great. That's a great. Uh, great question. The reason, though, is partially because the Braves are going to be much, much better yeah. soon. Like they, they've got Ronald Acuna back. Yeah, they, they've gotten off to such a disappointing start. 130 or so games left. 
the the reason though I think you have to worry about Charlie Martin a little bit again is because of that age and the fact that he is just not finding the strike zone and when he's he's not getting hitters to swing at pitches that are outside of the zone which is weird for a guy who has as good of a curveball as Charlie Martin but I I just can't see like there would have to be somebody in that 80% range that somebody gave up on for me to drop Charlie Morton. There's just too much baseball left, too good of a track record. At the same time, I'm going to talk out of my mouth again and say, you really, really need to pay attention to him start to start. Yeah. I'm ready to move on from him for cents on the dollar here. I just, I, I, I think we're starting to see the down. I've watched a couple of his starts and I included that game on Sunday when I watched the majority of his start and even though he went shutout inning, five shutout innings against the Brewers, it was a it was a laborious five innings. Like it was not, it, it wasn't clean by any stretch of the imagination. Every inning there was someone on base. Every inning there was a little bit of traffic. There were just, it didn't look like he was dominated at all. And that would include now at least six or seven starts that we've gotten from uh, Charlie Morton. And he just, we just haven't seen anything particularly good come out of him yet. So I'm at like a nine out of 10 on the worry scale. If you, if someone in your league says, Oh, Charlie Morton, I know Charlie Morton and wants to give you something for it. I'm perfectly content with that. I think Charlie Morton, by the way, this is the type of player in a Roto league that I look at and I say, okay, he's got name value. I can Mm -hmm. probably, especially me who does not tend to reach for closers. This is the type of player I would be more than happy to move for maybe one of those new closers, someone who has popped up recently that is starting to become a little bit more established in that role. I think you could very easily move Charlie Morton for like a borderline top 12 closer right now and be pretty. And I feel like that'd be a pretty good trade. I'd be perfectly content with that. Yeah. And I will point out too, that Charlie Morton has gotten off to bad starts in his career before too, and ended up finishing just fine. But I will say that if you can move Charlie Morton for a closer right now, I think you can justify it, especially for somebody who needs saves. Uh, Nathan Robinson just wrote in on YouTube and asked, not sure if it's been covered, but what are you doing with Whit Merrifield? Chris, Boy, that, what are you that, doing with Whit Merrifield? Because uh, the guy is off to a r- r- real bad start. Yeah, I am looking to move on from Whit Merrifield, and I hate saying it. The thing that concerns me here is that Whit Merrifield, and I talked about this on the show because somebody asked uh, also if he could should move on from Whit Merrifield. I'm not dropping Whit Merrifield. I'm putting him on my bench, but I'm looking to make that move, and I think you have to be prepared to drop him in the coming weeks because – Whit Merrifield has a skill set that ages as poorly as any type of player. The speedy guy with mediocre power just does not age well. And Whit Merrifield now is at an age where that skill starts really starts to deteriorate. I am really concerned looking at the metrics. He can still run with the best of them, and I would imagine that he's going to be among the league leaders in stolen base. I'm not sure you can count on him to contribute in any other category. And it's also worth pointing out that Whit Merrifield was an extremely up and down player last year as well. Like at some of the highest highs and some of the lowest lows, I would be looking to move Whit Merrifield. It's a hard thing for me to say. And you probably drafted Whit Merrifield in the third or fourth round. So dropping somebody like that would be extremely difficult for me to do. But to say the very least, I'm extremely concerned about Whit Merrifield going forward. 31st overall in Yahoo leagues. That is where that is where yeah. he was drafted on. So some people take him to the second round, that type of guy. I mean, you, that exactly. Some people took him late second. And 
I mean, this is one of the reasons why I don't draft for speed if I can help it. Like, yeah. I try and find speed throughout the draft, but I don't draft for speeds specifically. Right. Um, and unfortunately, Merrifield has just been a guy that I think a lot of his regular stats have been kind of propped up by his running. I mean, his running over the last few years has been the thing that has kept him inside this top, uh, you know, the top 50 players. Uh I think this year we're just starting to see again the roster around him isn't particularly great. The I, I just worry about if he is only a stolen base guy, if that yeah. if he is nothing but average to below average in batting average, if he's you know 10 to 15 home runs, if he's 50 to 60 RBIs, and all he is is stolen bases, he's a yep. borderline top hundred player at best. So yep. with those steals. So I think the value right now is almost gone from him. I, I think it's going to be very hard for you to find a trade partner because I don't know if anyone is going to take on to that. Like you'd have to be just absolutely starved for steals to the right. point where maybe I'd move like, you know, like a Ryan Mountcastle, like late, you know, something literally along those lines, two people who were drafted a hundred picks between them. But honestly, right now that feels like fair value. And that's pretty, that's pretty damning on a guy who is, who has that kind of fantasy potential like what Merrifield has. I will say this too. You can make a sell, I think, to your fantasy managers to say, what Merrifield is hitting 135 right now, that is impossibly low. Fair and point. you can say, hey, you're about to get a huge kick in average. And that 135 average doesn't come with the player that you get in the trade too. So you're going to see that because he's going to hit like 323, 30 to normalize to the 250, 260 type of player that he probably is right now. Right. But yeah, I'm looking to move him right now. I'm extremely scared about that type of skill set. Yeah, he's not droppable because he's too valuable still as a name and the speed, but like in a in a points league, he might be droppable. Like honestly, like straight up in a points league, he is on the verge of droppable and I could very easily be convinced. Honestly, as I'm saying the sentence, I'm convincing myself that he is droppable in a points league because yeah. if you take stolen bases off the board, there's sure. just nothing there for you to grab onto. Crazy. It's crazy to say for somebody it's, who drafted that high. And yeah, it's, 31 on average in Yahoo leagues. If we had more time, we could talk about the sunken cost fallacy about yeah. drafting someone that high and drafting someone. Uh, somebody here also is asking yes, about Sam Suzuki. So this is an interesting one. Uh, what to do with him in Dynasty? He's clearly good, but probably not quite this good. And he's also not super young with the hype and momentum. Would that make him a prime sell high candidate for someone with limited investment in getting him in the first place? I think that's interesting, especially the limited investment. Like you yeah. can deal him for probably $2 for the dollar that you spent, if not more, because of what he's Agreed. done so far. I really like Seiya Suzuki. I think he has a chance to be a well above average player for a very long time. I think he's going to start stealing more bases as he gets more field for the league. You know, rookie players often struggle with stolen bases when they first start, unless you're Julio Rodriguez and somehow become the fastest player in baseball out of nowhere. Um, it is uh, it is just something that you have to I, – I guess I would be looking to sell high, but I would want a lot. I mean a lot. Yes. I would want – like a Adley Rutschman type prospect and some good baseball players coming back to me who can help me right now as well. Do I think Seiya Suzuki is, I think he's like a top 10 fantasy player right now or somewhere along those moment. lines. I, no, I don't. But do I think he could be a top 25 player for the next five or six years? Yeah. So you certainly don't have to deal him. But if somebody offers you a lot, a package that just makes you go, whoa, this is an awful lot for one player. Yeah, I think Seiya Suzuki is somebody you can move on from. 
Well, I also think to this level, it seems like say he's it seems like he's not fully sold on Saya. So if that's the case, I always find that if like if someone wants a player more than I want a player, I'm sure. happy to trade that player to you. Point. You're just gonna pay me for what you value that player at. And that's where I'm at. So right. if someone wants to hand me a top 50 overall player for a guy that you know, I might not have been super high on drafted somewhere around a hundred to one ten without looking up his ADP off hands. And suddenly I'm getting great value out of this. Awesome. Have at yep. you enjoy it. Um, but you know what, if for some reason that trade doesn't materialize, I think you are perfectly fine. I think say Suzuki is going to be just fine for the next, you know, five to 10 years really before anything happens. I think he's going to continue, like you said, to be an above average baseball player, but, if someone loves him and someone believes that he's even a top 25 baseball player next year and they're willing to pay something close to that, I am sure. happy. I'm happy to trade that away. So, 100% agree. Um, also, by the way, just a fun fact um, everyone, and this is just an overall statement, everyone on your team is tradable at a certain yeah. price. I, yeah. it, it is infuriating to me when I look at like this conversation. Yeah. Uh, I just look at like everyone on your team is tradable. Even if, even if Chad here seems to say that. I believe Seiya Suzuki is a top 50 player. If someone wants to offer you a top 25 player, then he's gone. He's off my roster. That's how this works. So yep. everybody has a price. Um, and it seems like you have a, it seems like you're not sold on Seiya Suzuki, then sell them, sell them sure. high and enjoy it. Yep. So on that note, we are going to end the show. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe to circling the bases wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. We love hearing your feedback, so please take a minute to let us know how you're doing. Love to curtail the show more towards you. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows so you can join in on the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow as Chris invites RJ Anderson of CBS Sports onto the pod at a special 7 p.m. Eastern time slot to discuss the MLB draft, amongst other topics, so make sure you don't miss it. So until then, stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for listening. Don't you dare drop Dom Smith. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.